Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted Social Distancing Style from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined as always by my trusted colleague, Weston Hodkowitz. And I would like to start today's show by welcoming our new sponsor, Wes, and that is Sirius XM Radio. Sirius XM NFL Radio Channel 88 is the only radio outlet dedicated to the National Football League seven days a week, 365 days a year. So welcome to Sirius XM. And as far as NFL football, Wes, we have a 3-0 Green Bay Packers team to talk about. Going down to New Orleans, the, for the franchise's sake, the Packers get their first win in the Superdome since Super Bowl 31 back at the end of the 1996 season. But in 2020, that's a big win for Green Bay. Yeah, it really is, Mike. And you even said it there. You were the one that kind of put that out there last week, the fact that it had been since 1996, actually January of 1997, since the Packers won their last game there. You have to go back to 1995 for the last time that they beat the Saints there. And it was an emotional victory because I think they overcame a lot of adversity throughout those four quarters offensively. They still did a lot of what they've done. Now, mind you, they didn't have Devontae Adams, but Alan Lazard comes through with a career day, six catches, 146 yards, a touchdown. They got over 100 yards from their tight ends, two touchdowns from those from that position. The, the Saints really wanted to take away Aaron Jones. The Packers said, okay, we'll, we'll go to our other guys and take advantage of some one-on-ones. And at the end of the day, it was Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. And without these crowds in these stadiums, he has become a bona fide weapon with his cadence and his st- and his, his hard count. The fifth play of the game, Mike, he caught uh, the Saints offsides and uh, just a remarkable, uh, you know, performance by him. 121 passer rating now through the first three games. Yeah, and when you look at this game, Wes, I think we knew going into this Sunday night football game, it was going to be a back and forth game. Teams were going to gain the momentum with their offenses moving up and down the field. And that's really how it played out. But I can't remember a game, quite honestly, where you're in a tight one in the fourth quarter and the momentum shifted so instantaneously a couple of times because the score is tied. The Packers get stuffed on a fourth and one at midfield. The Saints take over and you're thinking, boy, Drew Brees with a short field, they're probably going to take the lead here. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play from behind in the fourth quarter to pull this out. But no, on the second snap of the Saints' next possession, Taysom Hill gets the ball knocked out by Zadarius Smith. Smith recovers. The Packers have the ball right back, almost in the exact same place where they got stopped on the fourth and one. It was as though the failed fourth and one never happened. The Packers go down and take the lead and stayed in command the rest of the game. Those momentum shifts were so huge and so quick back to back. It was really an interesting occurrence in such a tight game. Yeah. And again, you hope that the Packers defense in its totality will be better than the 2011 group was, but they've been as opportunistic as that team was when the Packers were just setting every scoring record, every offensive record that they were back nine years ago. And this is one of those moments. I think there's a lot of really solid playmakers on that side of the ball. And when they give an, you know, an opportunity to, to take the ball away, you know, they capitalize on it. Zadarius Smith and then also Kingsley Kiki, he had a strip sack as well in this game. That was a big point of emphasis going into the season for Green Bay, not just getting sacks, not just, you know, getting negative yardage plays, but going for the football, attacking the football. They did that. And Zadarius, I mean, again, Mike, the way that they're using him, the different areas of the field where he's lining up, you know, there's a couple times where, you know, he's going to take a chance and maybe it won't pay off, but the playmaking that he brings to that position and how that 
play in itself was able to sort of turn the game on its head and the Packers were able to extract the momentum back at that pivotal point of the contest, uh, that really speaks to what Zadarius brings as a player and also the energy that he's infused into that locker room. Yeah, there, there were certainly some things that didn't look good for the Packers defense in this game. Obviously, the tackling was an issue. Alvin Kamara, nearly 200 yards from scrimmage, combining his rushing and receiving. Obviously, the 52-yard touchdown on the catch and run. He had multiple missed tackles. An ugly play for the Packers defense and, and one that they're certainly going to hope not to repeat down the road. But I will say this, Wes, the way the Packers defense bounced back from that, that because that's a demoralizing play. That has a chance to completely take the wind out of your sails for the rest of a ball game on that side of the ball. That didn't happen because the next two possessions for the Packers defense were the Zadarius Smith fumble we talked about. And then after the Packers took the lead with a field goal, they got a three and out with two of those tackles in those three downs against Alvin Kamara in the open field. The Packers defense bounced back and broke rose up when it had to, and then the Packers offense was able to capitalize and get the touchdown that provided a two-score lead with two minutes to go, the only two-score lead that any that either team ever had in this game, and that's what finally sealed the win. Yeah, and you know what I loved about that series after the Zedarius uh, forced fumble there? It was that it was the complimentary players that really achieved it. It was Ty Summers who had come into the game, and yeah, he was one of the guys that missed a tackle on that big Kamara run, but he came back and made a big solo effort. Jair Alexander, Mike, I can't compare him to the rest of the NFL. I haven't watched enough of these corners, but he's in the middle of a breakthrough right now with the way that he's performing and the way he covers the flat. I haven't seen a cornerback do it like that since maybe going back to Charles Woodson in terms of how a guy that just in the in space – he goes and he makes the tackle, he makes the play, and he's also just sticky, 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 smooth in coverage. Uh, incredible performance by him. And then Shannon Sullivan uh, teaming up with, with Kevin King at the end of that play. King pushing Kamara back inside, Sullivan making the tackle. It was the complimentary pieces that pulled the game through for Green Bay. No Kenny Clark, Kevin Kingsley Kiki. You know, you have to make adjustments. It had to be Ty Summers playing his first snaps in the NFL in a regular season contest on the defensive side of the ball, and he came through at nine tackles. Yeah, well, on the offensive side, as you mentioned before, the Packers were without Devontae Adams. And a couple of things here. The Saints, they were loading the box here and there to cut to stop Aaron Jones after, obviously, the big game that he had against the Detroit Lions. And they were shading a safety over toward Marquez Valdez-Scantling's side most of the game to take away his speed and, and his potential for the deep ball. So what do the Packers do? They go deep to Alan Lazard, two big plays down the field against single coverage. Lazard has a 48 yarder that puts the ball on the, on the two yard line or three yard line. Then he has a 72 yard catch and run on the opening possession of the second half. That also creates a goal to go inside the five Lazard with six catches career high, 146 yards. That's how you make up for your number one wideout not being in the lineup, right? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And also, as I mentioned, taking advantage of what the defense is giving you. If Lazard's going to get one-on-one -on -one opportunities, Matt LaFleur started moving him around. That big play, the 72-yarder, he came from the slot and moved across the field to, to be able to pull that one down and then nearly get inside the end zone. 
you talked about loading the box up. Well, what was one of the adjustments the Packers made in the fourth quarter? You start moving around Jay Sternberger. You start moving your tight ends. You get the defense moving sideline to sideline, and that creates opportunities. Three catches for 36 yards, a 23-yard catch from Sternberger that set off that final scoring drive for Green Bay. The kind of bounce back the Packers wanted to see from the former third-round pick after he had a couple drops the last few weeks. But, Mike, I'd be remiss. I have to talk about it. Alan Lazard, the player that he's become in this offense, this isn't about him just being a great story anymore, an undrafted free agent. This is a guy that's becoming a bona fide number two receiver on any football team. Not just what his skill set says or not where he was drafted, but the way that he has adapted himself to this scheme. If Aaron Rodgers throws a deep ball down the field, he catches it. Who does that remind you of? That's a Jordy Nelson type feature attribute. His focus, his concentration, and his hands, that is what has enabled him to become the player that he's become in this offense and basically under a year at this point. Yeah, well, this game really was, and, and much the same way in, in the first two games, although you had Devontae Adams with the big game in week one, Aaron Jones with the big game in week two, and we talked about the complementary pieces. This game was about the complementary pieces taking on an even larger role, not just Alan Lazard, but the Packers' tight ends collectively. Tanya and Sternberger, Lewis, they combined for over 100 yards receiving and a couple of touchdown passes. You mentioned Ty Summers stepping in for Christian Kirksey, who exited with a shoulder injury. Summers is wearing the communication helmet, calling the defensive signals. He's getting his first defensive action after playing only on special teams as a as a rookie and Kingsley Kiki gets the two sacks with Kenny Clark missing a missing a game we'll see what happens with uh, with Clark in practice this week if he can come back but then the other the other glue to this whole thing Wes has been the Packers offensive line they started with a different combination as a starting five for the third consecutive game with Billy Turner making his 2020 debut. He's at right tackle. Lucas Patrick is at right guard. Elton Jenkins settling back into his customary left guard spot. Corey Lindsley at center, who was on the injury report, but was able to play. And then David Bakhtiari, the rock at left tackle. And this Packers offensive line was for all the changes, all the moving parts, only two sacks through the first three games. And Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur both took the blame for the one against the Saints because it was a free rusher. And what the Packers have been able to do, establishing the running game, it wasn't as productive against the Saints, but it still got done what they needed to, to open up the things for the tight ends on the shallow stuff and then the deep stuff down the field to Alan Lazard. Yeah, and that's that's really been the starting point. I mean, to have two sacks in three games, and you go back and look at Aaron Rodgers' box scores and some of the sacks he's taken over the years, that is both a credit to him getting the ball out quicker. That's a credit to Matt LaFleur and their scheme and being comfortable with what's being asked of them. But most importantly, it's just how adaptable this offensive line has been. For my money, you read it Insider Inbox and what I wrote on Tuesday. David Bakhtiari is the best offensive lineman, definitely the best left tackle in the league at this point. What he can do against the run, how stout he's been against the pass. I mean, the pancakes that he's had so far, he had one on the big pass to Lazard. And then also we talk so much about Billy Turner, Rick Wagner, and Lane Taylor. Well, here comes Lucas Patrick out of nowhere, and he has now started three games at guard for Green Bay, and they obviously have made a concerted effort to keep him there. Turner filling in really nicely then at right tackle, the third different right tackle that Aaron Rodgers has worked with so far this season. So all those things come together, but it's about how those guys really have adapted, gelled, and credit to Adam Stenovich too for having those guys ready on game day.
Yeah, well, a little bit of sponsor business here quickly, Wes, before I forget. Fans, be sure to gear up for game day. Open a Packers checking account from Associated Bank and score a $50 Packers Pro Shop gift card. Learn more at AssociatedBank.com backslash Packers. Okay, quickly, Wes, heading into week four here. The Packers will be preparing for a Monday night football game at Lambeau Field against the Atlanta Falcons and a Falcons team that, quite frankly, just has to be reeling right now. They have blown two huge fourth quarter leads the last two weeks and losing to the Cowboys and the Bears. There's talk swirling about Dan Quinn and his job security in Atlanta. This is, uh, this is one the Packers obviously can't overlook them because, as Matt LaFleur said, this is going to be a hungry and I think a very angry Atlanta Falcons team that comes into Lambeau Field next week. Well, first and foremost, the Falcons are no longer allowed to make a change at their coaching position. We already have submitted Dan Quinn's headshot for the game program on Monday night. So there are no, <laughs> no changes allowed okay. now as right. we go into do that at the time we're taping this on Tuesday, but LaFleur said something else, Mike, he said, I mean, the Falcons basically could be two and one right now, very easily with the way that these last two games have played out for them, demoralizing, difficult. It's going to be a huge gut check for them coming into Lambeau field, having the extra day to sort of stew over how things went against the bears. But as we've seen with Matt Ryan and the weapons he has offensively, they can play with anyone in the National Football League. That's why it's going to be really critical for Green Bay to get as healthy as they can get uh, with some of these guys. We'll see if Kenny Clark can come back or not, or if they wait until after the bye week. But you know, it's just—it's a team you can't take for granted. But as far as Green Bay is concerned, Mike, three and zero to start the season for the second consecutive year. Matt LaFleur has only lost one time so far at Lambeau Field, and that was over a year ago now at this point. Uh, 122 points in the first three games, the most in franchise history to start a season. All of these different accolades that they've had. I keep saying over and over again, well, they just can't keep doing this, but they are. And that's a credit to them. Is every Sunday going to go perfect? No. Is every play always going to be the best call? No. But to be 3-0, and given everything that the league has dealt with already – uh, that speaks volumes about Matt LaFleur and it speaks volumes about this locker room's ability to gel and be able to uh, really con contour themselves to playing good football in spite of all the different setbacks they've had this summer. Yeah, and I think if you had told me before the New Orleans game that the Packers are going to be without Devontae Adams, we're not going to rush for 100 yards, and we're still going to put up 37 points in the Superdome, I would have said you were crazy. But one of the biggest keys to all of that has been the offense has not turned the ball over yet in three games. So you knock on wood a little bit to hope that keeps going. But for now, we're going to sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will. See you next time.